Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Amen. Say, I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. You may be seated. Now, one of the reasons we say I forgive everybody of everything right now before we start the message, remember what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11 when he was teaching on faith? And when you stand praying, do what? Forgive. If you keep operating unforgiveness, it will choke your faith and keep it from being effective. So he's like, well, they did this to me. Well, you holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking it's going to hurt them. So you must choose to let it go even if you have to forgive by faith. You say, well, it still hurts. Forgive by faith, and by faith receive the healing your heart needs. Don't hold on to unforgiveness. God will make it right for you, but you have to stay in forgiveness. You have to walk in love. For everybody that walks by faith and walk in love, everything shall be all right. Amen? Well, we're going to continue with our series, The Age of Heroes, today. The Age of Heroes. How many of you have been with us in the last few weeks as we've done this series? Let me see a hand. All right, there's a majority of you. Now, there's some of you in here who are not able to make it on those series. And one of the things I encourage people to do at the top of their notes, because how many know you should take notes when you come to church, have something where you can write down what God speaks to your heart individually. We said write two things at the top. One, what is a dream or some purpose you believe in God to bring to pass in your life? We ask you to write it down. Something that you're, well, some dream you believe in to come to pass in your life. And the second thing we said, be honest with yourself and write down a dream you gave up on because whatever excuse you could come up with. Whether you said, well, it happened too long ago, too much has gone on in my life, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too this, and you gave up on that dream. So write down those two dreams, and we're believing that God will stir you up and encourage you in this series, and everything that God has purposed for you will come to pass. Amen? So, some review. We said a hero is a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. We said the age we live in requires heroes. It doesn't call for weak believers, part-time Christians. It calls for those who are willing to stand for Jesus, no matter the cost, willing to be heroes and represent God wherever they go. So one of our founding scriptures we've been using in this series is Psalm 138, verse 8, which says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of thy own hands. We said the word perfect means to perform, to complete, to bring to an end. So we said this could be translated as the Lord will work out his plans for my life. Aren't you glad for that? The Lord will vindicate me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. The Lord will accomplish what concerns me. So open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And as you turn there, one of the scriptures we looked at in the previous weeks is Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The word perform means to fulfill further or completely. To accomplish, 
to do, to finish. Simply, God will finish what he started in you. That God is not going to leave it halfway done. He's not going to say, well, you've come far enough. That's good enough for you, depending on what your situation is. No. God will complete and finish whatever he started in you. He's willing to keep it going, keep you moving until Jesus comes back so his plan can come to pass. So Paul, who wrote that scripture, was confident in God's ability to fulfill the dream, plan, and purpose in the life of the believer. So as you look at Joshua chapter 1, in the previous weeks, we've looked at Paul, we've looked at Daniel, we've looked at Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and we looked at Caleb last week. So we're going to look at some different characters today. So today's installment is called A Story of Warriors, Spies, and a Prostitute. A Story of Warriors, Spies, and a Prostitute. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Since now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now let's stop there for a second. Because what happened in Israel after Moses died, Moses, the greatest prophet the earth had ever seen, who led them from Egypt, who did all these miracles, signs, and wonders by the power of God, had died. He was 120 and so they grieved for him for a period of time. And in this period where they're still grieving, God comes to Joshua and says, look, Moses is dead. You knew what was going to happen. Now, therefore arise, go over this Jordan thou and all this people into the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. You can't allow grief to keep you from your future. Remember, the Bible says we grieve not like others grieve. If you lost someone in the Lord, they're not lost. You know where they went. They're in heaven. They didn't pass away. They just sped up to your future. So you can't grieve like the rest of the world because grief in the world will keep you behind. It won't let you go further with your life. And as quiet as it kept, grief will open doors to the enemy to attack you in different ways. Now, you have to watch out because sometimes people go through things and people pat on that. Go ahead, grieve, grieve, grieve. Go ahead, cry, let it out. And so for weeks they're doing that, and it's okay when everybody's there patting them on the back, bringing the potato salad and the fried chicken. Everybody feels fine. But once the fried chicken runs out, there's no more potato salad, people start, stop calling. You're still in the habit of grieving, and you are empty. And now the door is open for the enemy to terrorize you. We can't grieve like the world. Why? Isaiah 53. Jesus bore our... Whoa, whoa, whoa. If Jesus bore your griefs, if he carried your grief, you don't have to carry it. You say, well, I've lost this person and they're so important to me. It's so heavy getting through this grief. Then don't carry it. You aren't meant for it. By faith, take that grief, take that pain, and cast it upon Jesus who cares for you. And receive your healing in your heart. And keep going further. And what you'll do when you do this by faith, you'll feel good for a good 30 seconds. And then it'll come back. So what do you do? You reply, nope, I gave that over to Jesus. 
I refuse to stay in grief. I refuse to stay in this pain. God still has a future for me, so I have to keep going, and I believe that Jesus is Jesus. He is true. He will heal my broken heart. He will restore my soul. He will mend my heart. He will help me. He will carry this care. Why? Remember, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. You were never meant to carry a care. That's why when people are consumed with care and worries, their body breaks down. Why? You weren't meant to carry it in the first place. So cast your grief, your care, and your worry upon the Lord and let the Lord lead you to your future. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Notice he didn't say it'll be your coast for a few thousand years. This was God's promise to them forever. So this was God's promise in about 1700 B.C., it's still God's promise in 2015 A.D. God has not forgotten Israel just because it's 2015. Because watch it. What the world will keep trying to tell you as the church is like, well, what God said to them doesn't apply any longer. And once you believe that, they're moving on you. Well, how do you know you're saved? God's word doesn't apply to you any longer. Watch. If they go for Israel, next they're coming for you. It's another message. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. What a promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Come on, if God promised this to an Old Testament man, we have a better covenant. We should have confidence that God will not fail me. God will not leave me. He'll be with me every single step of the way. There's not one day of my life where God is not there. God is not present. God is not available to me. He will help me every single step of the way. Notice what he tells them. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance to the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Now, why does God have to say it so many times in one passage? When you look at the book of Deuteronomy, he said it again. And then after Joshua receives us, he tells the people, the people reply to him, be strong and of good courage. Now, why does God and Moses and the people have to tell Joshua this? One, he's leading millions of people into battle. That's enough pressure. Next, he's following in the footsteps of Moses. Moses had a staff, went up to the Red Sea. By his faith, he stretched forth the staff and the waters parted. When's the last time you even parted a puddle? <laughs> Moses took that staff, hit a rock, and millions of gallons of water poured out. How many of you can make a drink out of a rock? He did it again when God told him not to, and it still worked. Every single day, Krispy Kreme donuts fell from heaven. Called manna. The word manna actually means, what is this? It was so good they kept eating. What is this? 
It was a Krispy Kreme donut that had all the nutrition they needed. Come on, so I was like, come on, Lord, do it again, Jesus. Do it again, do it again. And then they got tired of eating the donuts. And so they said, oh, we want meat like we had in Egypt. So Moses prayed, and here comes the fried chicken. Falls up to their knees. He says, guys, I'm going to give you so much, it's coming out your nose. Moses had quite a track record. And then the people still didn't listen to him. So God said, Joshua, I will be with you, just like it was with Moses. Wait, God, come on. These people are so hard-headed. Moses couldn't even get them in. When you look at the book of Exodus, God, and book of Exodus in Numbers, when God's having this conversation, there'll be times when God says, Moses, your people, and Moses go, no, no, no. Did I raise them? Did I give birth to them? Did I give nurse them? No, God, your people. How would you like to overhear that conversation? God and Moses are going back and forth. Whose people are they? Joshua has a reason to be nervous. But God says, be strong and of good courage. You will cause it all to come to pass. The word be strong here means to strengthen yourself, to grow strong or to encourage. Of good courage means to be brave, be alert, to be determined. Sometimes you have to strengthen yourself for the battle at hand. You're facing something and you don't feel strong enough, then you need to strengthen yourself. Come on, if you're at the gym and you want to lift a certain amount of weight, you don't just start there or else you'll be in the hospital and we doing a hospital visit. You build to that place. You may be looking at something that looks impossible, build to that place. Some people's like, well, I want faith and I'm gonna believe for millions of dollars. Well, that's great, but let's use your faith to get your rent paid first. Build. You can increase, it says Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor, meaning you can grow. Jesus was the Son of God, born perfect, but he still grew. How do we know that? Think about the miracles that he did, the first miracle over nature, water to wine. Then he multiplied food. Then I bet he conquered nature when he walked on it. Grew in his dominion. Think about when he raised people from the dead. The first one was dead just a few minutes, the daughter Jairus. Next one, one day, the son of Nan. The next one, Lazarus, four days, growing. He probably said to himself, if I can get Lazarus up in four, I can get myself up in three. Growing in dominion. He's like, well, I'm not where I should be. That's okay, grow. Just don't be at the same place you are today next year. You must grow. On day two of your salvation, God does not demand perfection, but he does want you to grow. He wants you to grow up in the things of God. We can't be spiritual children forever. Come on, you just got saved. You're in the Word for the first time. For a few years, you're going to be a spiritual baby. That's okay. Come on, you expect to change diapers, baby. You expect to change babies' diapers. Come on. You expect to help them out a lot. But if they're 18, I ain't changing your diaper. But what happens so much in the church, we get saved and we want to be spiritual babies forever. We want someone to do our believing for us, someone to do our praying for us, someone to do our reading for us. And then we go, well, God, why isn't it working? Time to grow up. So strengthen yourself. Encourage yourself. You have to learn how to encourage yourself when no one else is around. 
So like David, he had to encourage himself in the Lord. What are you going to do if you can't reach anybody? You have to learn how to encourage yourself. Your Christianity cannot depend on someone else's faithfulness. The only faithfulness you have to depend on is Jesus, the risen Christ. And he's always faithful, so you have to encourage yourself. So to do all that God has called you to do, you must strengthen yourself for the battle and be determined to see victory. You must be a brave, you must be brave, you must be alert, and you must be determined. You can't be distracted. And you can't let when things don't go the way you want them to go to give up so quickly. You must be determined to see what God promised you. With faith and patience, you inherit the promise. Determination requires patience. Going back to the example of lifting again, you have to be patient with your progress. It's going to take time for you to get to that weight you want to lift. And some of you need to be patient with yourself. You are not a finished product. God is still working on you. Is God working on anybody here? Not every hand went up. We got an altar for liars. Is God working on anybody in here? Be patient with yourself. You mess up. Be quick to repent. Run to God. Ask for forgiveness. Receive your cleansing. Turn the other direction and forgive yourself. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people you shall divide an inheritance of the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that you may observe or guard to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper whithersoever you go. So God is giving Joshua the key to prosper in whatever he does. The word here, observe, means to guard or to pay attention to. So he says, follow the law or follow the word, pay attention to the word. If you pay attention to the word, you will have success. You will prosper wherever you go. Notice what he tells them next in verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate therein day and night. We stop there. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate day and night. When people think of meditate, they think of Eastern Zen making someone sit in a weird shape, making a humming noise. But that's not what the word meditate here means in the Hebrew. The word here means to mutter, to utter, to speak, or to roar. So he's saying again, keep the word in your mouth. You need to say it day in, day out. You don't just confess and speak the word when you're at church. That's great. But you must do it every single day, morning and night. Why would it say roar? Because sometimes the enemy is going to roar at you. And you must be full of God where you can roar back. Oh, you got pain. By his stripes, I am healed. Unexpected bill. He supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. All that's going on in the world. Nope. Great is my peace. Something going wrong with the kids. Great is the peace of my children. Roar back. Speak the word. Utter the word. Say the word. Why? That you may observe or guard 
or pay attention or watch to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, then you shall have good success. Notice as Joshua, you will make your way prosperous. So it wasn't for Joshua, God, prosper my way. No, God says, this is how you prosper your own way. Be a man of the word. Put the word in your mouth. Notice if he watches or pay attention, he's putting the word in his eyes. But then he also has to put the word in his mouth. Why? One of the ways you feed yourself spiritually is by reading the word and saying the word. You also feed yourself spiritually by hearing the word. So when you say it, you're not only feeding yourself one way, but when you hear yourself say it, you're still feeding yourself spiritually. In the book of Deuteronomy, he already told Joshua and the people that you can strengthen yourself by paying attention to the word. So the thing is, what happens, why most Christians in America are so weak is they get one hot meal a week. That's if they come to church every Sunday. I'm not going to ask who comes to church every Sunday. But think about that. What if you just had one hot meal a week or for some, a month or some every Easter? How would you be physically? If you were still alive, how would you be physically? Weak. But someone's like, well, I watch this TV program. It's not even Christian TV, which is a whole other message. But it encourages me. Well, it's great that it tastes good going down, but it's candy with no nutritional value whatsoever. But it tasted good. I felt better. Well, that's good that you felt better, but that's not going to help you live. You just eating the candies, and the demon's like, keep eating that candy. I'm coming for you next. You must be in the Word. Sunday, Wednesday, the Bible says in Hebrews, the closer you see Jesus' return coming, how many know you can look at the world in the news? Oh, Jesus is getting a little bit closer every single day. It says, as you see that day approaching, gather together more frequently. And then Sunday and Wednesday, yep, that's two meals, but how many know there's multiple days a week? And how many know you, most of you eat more than once a week? More than once a day? Some of you, four, five, six meals. If we're that way with our physical food, what about our spiritual food? You got to be in the Word every single day. You must read the Word out loud every single day. I was listening to someone preach earlier this week, and they're talking about Smith Wigglesworth, a man of God used greatly in the last century. And it says that when they would be, spend time around him, they would go out to eat, and they would have a good time talking and eating. And when they finished, he pull out, he kept a New Testament or a Bible in his pocket. He pull it out and says, now we fed the physical man, let's feed the spiritual man. And then he'll read the word. Now, I'm not saying that you have to do that every single time you eat, but notice that principle. If I'm going to feed my physical man, I must feed my spiritual man. Because especially if you want to conquer giants, especially if you want to do everything God has called you to do, you must strengthen yourself. Now, the thing is, you can eat all that you want. You can eat good spiritual food all the time. But how many of you know if you never, if you just sit down and eat, and never move, never do anything, even if eating the right foods, you ain't going to be too healthy. Why? There must be some action. There must be some exercise. Come on, exercise is not a bad word. There must be some 
exercise, physically and spiritually. How do you exercise your faith? By doing the Word, by believing the Word, by obeying God. You must be not just hearers, but doers. So just don't get tanked up with a whole lot of Word. Ooh, I got a lot of Word. I'm a fat sheep. Well, that's great. Oh, I got a Charles Cap tape. Well, that's great. Oh, I remember when Dad Hagen taught faith for the first time. Well, that's amazing. But what are you doing with everything you received? We're faith people. So it's not we just receive teaching on faith, receive preaching on faith. We must walk by faith. We must live by faith. We must use our faith. Set your faith for something and believe it in. Whatever level you are at, work that level. One of the things I'm stretching myself to do, one of the things I was talking to my financial staff is what do we need for the next fiscal year? Because it begins next month. I saw that amount, I bumped it up, and I said, my faith is set for this. So every single day I'm thanking God for it, I'm calling in, I'm believing God for it, and guess what? It's all gonna come in plus some. Because if I can set my faith towards it, God can do exceedingly abundantly far above all I can ask, think, pray for, imagine. I'm setting my faith for something. I can't just preach faith and not walk it out myself. So I can't be moved when something happens. I just thank God anyways. Why? Because Satan would try to get you off course all the time. Once you step out in faith, you say, well, my life seemed okay, but every time I try this faith stuff, it seems like life got worse. Why? Satan's trying you. He's like, oh, I tried faith and it didn't work. No, faith tried you and you didn't work. <laughs> Remember, Satan comes for the sake of the word. Mark chapter 4. Affliction, persecution, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things. He'll try to do that. You choke or crowd out the word so it's not effective in your life. So don't be surprised you get a word and all of a sudden you get to your parking lot. Your love walk is tried. Walk in love anyway, so you literally just got out of church. Your kids did something crazy. They're kids. You know it's going to happen eventually. Don't be moved. Stay with the book. Wow, I only at verse 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord your God is with thee whithersoever you go. Do not be afraid. There's 365 times in the Word of God where God says, fear not. You have no reason to be afraid. If fear starts to rise up, you start checking that fear. How? 1 John 4 says, perfect love, grown-up love, mature love, cast out, evicts all fear. So if fear's trying to get in there, you stir up the love of God. You begin to say what John 17 says, my God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Yes, God loves me. God loves me. I believe in his love. I love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and my Father loves me the same way. He carefully nourishes and shares me each and every single day. I believe in his love. I choose to trust in his love. I have confidence in his love. He cares for me, and he always takes care of me in grand style. Drive out fear. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Don't allow any fear whatsoever. And don't watch things that promote fear. One of the things when I go to movies, I don't pay to be depressed, and I don't pay to be scared. So why 
Am I going to challenge my faith going to this movie? No. No. I'm not wasting my money. Because think, especially when they do all the demon movies, and it used to be just October, but now everybody loves demons, so it's all year round. And they do these stories trying to cast out the demon. And remember, the Christians never have power. They say it and it never works. What is it doing? It's scaring you. So if you ever run into a demon, you're like, oh, it might not work. It didn't work in the exorcism, and it work in this, and it work in that. Oh, there's a little girl with a dress on walking through the wall. <laughs> and you get tricked out. You can't use your authority. Don't pay to be afraid. Don't tolerate fear and don't pay to be afraid. Feed yourself faith. Only pour in things that will strengthen your faith. And some of you, depending on what level your faith at, you watch the news, you get afraid. Click. Turn it off. Especially 24-hour news. Because you can tell after an hour they don't know anything else. They don't know as much. You know as much as them. And so they just keep saying it over and over. That's not helping you. Click. And sometimes it's as trustworthy as Twitter and Facebook. So click. Feed your faith. And when he sees something that bothers you or disturbs you on the inside, you need to reply, all right, Father, what do you want me to do to handle that? Is there something you want me to do to respond to that to make a difference? Come on, you've been watching TV, but in one commercial break, five different medicines come out to talk about five new diseases you never heard of. It's like, I didn't even know that was a thing. And you think, oh, my knee did hurt. Oh, my back hurt too. Oh, maybe I got that. Come on, some of you get in pain. Like, Ooh, Google WebMD. What is this? Oh, I'm dying, Jesus. <laughs> Don't do it to yourself. So what you need to do, you see all these commercials talking about that disease. Well, not in my house is how you reply. And Father, I thank you there's a cure for that. So if you want to use me to cure that, teach me what to do. Faith over fear. And I have a lot of great notes. I have not gotten into most of them yet. So remember Proverbs 24.10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So if you're fainting in your walk right now, strengthen yourself by the word of God. Deuteronomy 7.11, God told them, I'm not going to drive out all your enemies in one day. Because he said, if I do, you're not big enough to fill the land. And while you grow to be the appropriate size, all the wild animals are going to multiply and you're going to have another battle. So he's telling them stage by stage, bit by bit, I will remove your enemy. So you might, you're thinking about this one absolute total victory that knocks everything out the window. But you're not big enough to stand in that place yet. Some dreams, plans, and purposes come to pass in stages. So be patient with the process. Go through the process and go from stage to stage, faith to faith, glory to glory. Come on. You may be 14 and super anointed. That's great, but you're not ready to stand where God wants you to be yet. Go through your process, go to geometry, pass physics, and keep growing. I thought I'd get a bigger amen from the parents. I'm trying to help you out there. Because just like David, David was anointed to be king as a teenager, but wasn't king until he was 30. Joseph was anointed to deliver people when he was 17, but he wasn't prime minister until he was 30. Preparation has never lost time. Go through the process, prepare 
grow, go through the different stages and the phases, and God will get you where you're supposed to be. Think about the Apostle Paul. He didn't start out as the Apostle Paul. Remember, after he got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, remember, he had a lot of knowledge. He had a lot of zeal. So what did he do? He ran out preaching. Caused a whole bunch of trouble. They put him in a basket, lowered him down the wall because people didn't want to kill him. So they said, let's get him out of the city. Let's send him away. And the next scripture says, the church has had rest. How would you like that to be a testimony? When you leave, everybody feels better. <laughs> Why? It wasn't Paul's time yet. He still had some preparation. He still had to go to Arabia, spend some time with Jesus. He still had to go back where he came from to grow. And when it was his time, Barnabas went to get him. And then he was just a prophet and a teacher. He was an apostle yet. He was serving a local church in Antioch when the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And the next point in the scripture, they're known as the apostles. Paul was growing in his calling. So grow in yours. Let's go to Joshua chapter 2. Stay in faith and be patient and do what every stage requires. So Joshua sends out spies and he tells them, go view the land, Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rehab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in here tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come unto thee, which are entered into your house, for they be come to search out all the country. So notice what happens. Joshua sent out two spies, developing the plan for battle, developing the plan for war. So they go, they look at the city, and they hide in the house of a harlot the house of a prostitute named Rahab. And so, Rahab hides the spies. The king says, isn't it interesting the king knew where she lived? Anybody ever realize that? And it wasn't some small operation. She had a house to hide people in. It says her house was built into the wall. It's a known area. Come on, she wasn't a low level person. She was well known in her society. But the king says, bring out these two spies. They're our enemies. And she replies, yep, they came in here out of nowhere they're from. I sent them away, but if you run now, you can catch them. So they take off running. She goes up because she hid the spies upstairs. She knew exactly who they were. And notice what she says unto them in verse 9. And she said unto the men, the spies, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when he came out of Egypt and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of the Jordan. Verse 11, and as soon as we had heard these things, our heart did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. This prostitute can preach. Wait a minute. Notice what she said. All of us heard what your God did. Every single one of us. Red Sea being dried up, that's 40 years ago. We heard about it then. 
What you guys did recently, we've heard about it. So everybody in that city heard what God did. Amen. Remember what God told Moses, that I'm going to use this to make my name famous throughout the earth. The word went throughout the entire earth about what God did. The whole city heard it, but only the prostitute did something about it. She heard a word and she responded in faith. How do we know that? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. James 2, 25. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. She heard what God did. Instead of taking the position, we're going to fight this God, she says, I believe in this God. And by faith, she was made righteous. Why was Jericho being destroyed? It was judgment. When you study out Jericho and the inhabitants of the land of Canaan, you look at the things they had done. They had been doing this since the time of Abraham. Abraham said, I'm not bringing to the promised land yet because they're not done with doing all the stuff they're going to do. The cup of iniquity of judgment is not full yet. But when he studied out the things they did, they had child sacrifices. Why? They would sacrifice them to the God so that it would rain. So they would sacrifice children for prosperity or convenience. It's their right, you know, you do whatever you want with your body, right? Sell the body parts too. That's a whole other message. Nothing's new under the sun. Amen. On top of that, he says, well, I bet they were sexually immoral. Yeah, they were. Not just homosexuality and lesbianism. When he studied out in the law and he studied out in Joshua, incest was rampant. Bestiality was rampant. They had advanced in every single area. Remember, this prostitute is famous. Everybody knows who she is. But they all heard. But one woman responded in faith and was not judged. Judgment was coming to the nation. One person responded in faith and then used her faith. She acted on her faith. She hid the spies and delivered them. Now she said, because I was so nice to you, I want you to deliver me and my family. And they said, our lives for yours. Whoever is in your house when the judgment comes will be safe. Now notice, the spies didn't know how God was going to deliver them yet. But they made this commitment. It says, tie the scarlet red blood rope on your window. And the same rope that let the spies down, the same rope that was a sign of the deliverance was Rahab, was an echo of the blood that was put on the post in Egypt, but was a foreshadowing of what the blood of Jesus would do in your life. If the blood could deliver and preserve the harlot Rahab, what can the blood do in your life? Now you know the story. God told Joshua, here's your plan of attack. Joshua's ready to hear. March around the wall. Okay, after that, go home. What? How many of you ever God tell you something that just really didn't make sense? You're expecting God to tell you to do something else, and he said, go to left. What? That doesn't make sense. All my education tells me to do something else. He said, now do that seven days in a row. On, on that last day, walk around the city seven times. Look, Jesus, we tired after that. 
and then shout and all the walls will fall down. Wait a minute. Rahab's house is built into the wall. But you know the story. They shouted on that last day. All the walls fell except the portion that needed to hold up Rahab's house. That doesn't even make sense. If all the walls fall down, how's your house still there? Faith in God can do the impossible. The city is destroyed. But everybody who was in Rahab's house, her mother, her father, her siblings, her entire family, was saved because one person had faith in God. Put their faith to work. Faith in the foreshadowing of the blood of Jesus delivered them, preserved them, and kept them home. Now you might think, well, that's great. Faith saved her and her family. Now they're living among the Israelites. They're not Jewish, but they're living there. And you might think, well, that's the end of the story. Well, isn't that nice? But see, faith in God doesn't just get you out of something. It gets you into something. She married this man who was a prince among his people named Salmon. Now that's nice. Cleaned up her life, married a good man. Oh, she had kids. Well, what was the child's name? Boaz. Whoa, 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 we've heard of Boaz before. <laughs> Boaz was the rich man who married Ruth, the Moabitess. Well, that's good. Look at the richest pass through the family. That's good. That's enough. No, no, no. Then Ruth had a child named Obed. Okay, who's he? Well, Obed had a child named Jesse. That sounds a little bit familiar. Jesse had a child named David. So the great-grandmother of the greatest king of Israel started out as a harlot. See, it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your family line is. It doesn't matter your genealogy. Faith in God can take you from here and take you to the top. Now, for any of there, what a story. Kingly line came from But David had some kids, and they had some kids, and they had some kids. And then it came down to this woman named Mary. Her great, 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 great grandmother was a harlot. But she gave birth to the Son of God. See, if God can use Rahab to put her in the line to bring deliverance to the entire world, what can God do in your life if you believe to have faith in God? Got her out of something, got her into something, and now forever she's known as one of those who are in the ancestry of Jesus, the Messiah. Faith in God. Doesn't matter what is your background, doesn't matter who is crazy in your family, faith in God. It doesn't matter what was done to you, what has happened to you, faith in God. Do what Jesus said in Mark 11, have faith in God. So the story goes on. And God gave him instructions, I'm going to quote it for the sake of time. He said, for Jericho, everything in there except what belongs to Rahab is sacred unto me. Everything that's in Jericho goes into the temple treasury. What? Jericho is the tithe. Beginning the whole land, God says, everything else in the land is yours. Believe Jericho alone, that is my tithe. And so everybody obeys. So this greedy dude named Achan. He said he went into one of the houses. He saw this Babylonian garment. Remember Babylon, system of the world. 
Man, the world's clothes look good. Saw some gold, saw some silver. I'm gonna grab some of that. Let me hide it under my tent. Nobody's gonna know anything. Remember, Joshua had the promise, no one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So they go to battle and I. They say, it's a small city, just send a small force. So they do that and they get beaten. And they run in terror going, what has happened to us? God gave us this promise. We just took this big city, Jericho. Now we're running from the small city. What's going on? Joshua goes before God, falls on his face. Oh God, what is going on? Have you forsaken us? And God replies, get up. Wow, you know, God, I thought a little bit more comfort, but okay, get up. Why are you calling out to me? Didn't I tell you this about Jericho? They are sent in the camp. Otherwise, someone violated the tithe. Is it possible what's in your life has not come to pass because you are violating the tithe? Yes, the financial tithe, yes, the 10%, but also the tithe of your time. Do you actually take time to be in the Word and prayer every single day, or do you violate that tithe as well? Because people who violate the financial tithe will violate all the other tithes. And they're getting defeated because they touched the tithe. Don't touch the tithe. So, well, I can't live off of 90%. No, you can do more with 90% than you can do under the blessing than 100% of the curse. To go, I'm too tired to wake up early to pray and be in the Word. No, no, no. You, you can't afford not to. In this crazy world, you can't afford not to walk out your house before you go, Uh-uh, not in today's society. There's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Abounding. Come on, you got to check in with the Lord. Inquire of the Lord before you go places. Every single day as you leave the house, should I take this route? Come on, I'm checking with the Lord before I go to movie theaters now. Is it cool for me to go to see this movie right now? Check in here. Don't violate the financial tithe. Don't violate the tithe of your time in the Word or in prayer. So Joshua goes on. They take I. They go back. God gives them a plan, and they take the city. Which speaks to just because you messed it up in the first time doesn't mean God can't bring you back to it and you get it right this time. Forgive yourself. Keep moving. So let's go to Joshua chapter 9. We'll close out here. Joshua chapter 9, verse 14. So there's a city called Gibeon, which is a big city. They hear what happened in Jericho. They hear what happened to Ai. So they like, look, we may be next. So they came up with a plan. They said, look, we can go to Joshua and his leaders, and we're going to pretend like we're from a far, far away city. And we'll make them make a covenant with us that they won't kill us. They won't take our city. They'll leave us alone. So what they did, it's a pretty smart plan when you think about it. They said, come on, get us some old broken down shoes, some worn out clothes, we're gonna put it on. Give us some moldy bread. Why, we're gonna go up to them and look like we've been traveling for a long, long time. So they got up to Joshua, got up to the leaders, and this big dramatic display. Verse 14, 
And the men took up their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. So remember, they didn't ask God. Because if they would have asked God, God says, they are lying. Come on, you know, God can see through people's best game. Come on, that's why you shouldn't just date for a couple weeks and get married. Crazy can hide for a couple weeks. You need to let some seasons go by. See them when they're happy, see them when they're angry, see them when they're frustrated, you need to watch. But if you're too busy having sex with them, you're not watching too much. Whoa. Another message. They inquired of the Lord. And so, a couple days later, they come to this big city. They're like, yep, this is the next one. And guess what it is? Gibeon. And all the people were angry. So they lied to us. They tricked us. But they made a covenant with them. They couldn't go back on it. And he says, well, you lost out on something because you didn't see God. Well, that story ends, okay, we've learned our lesson. But then it got out to the other cities that Gibeon made a covenant with Joshua, and they got upset. They said, now we're going to attack Gibeon because they were stronger than us. They had more money with us, so we're going to take their stuff. And then Gibeon runs to Joshua and says, hey, five kings are coming after us. Now Joshua's getting into a battle that he may not have had a fault at this time because he did not seek counsel of the Lord. But he's in covenant, and God's in covenant with him. So he goes to fight. So chapter 10, verse 8. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into your hand. There shall not a man of them stand before you. They got a word from the Lord. He, inquired, he learned his lesson. He inquired of the Lord. What should I do? He replies, Don't be afraid. I've given them to you. Go get them. And Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all night and the Lord disconfitted them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them along the way. Notice what happens in verse 11. And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel and were in the going down to Beth Horon that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Ezekiah and they died. There were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon the enemies. If this is not written in the book of Joshua, the book of the upright. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hasted to not go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Look at this. Joshua's in a situation he got himself in. Because he didn't ask of God. God says, you go for it, I'm going to get you out of it. Oh, greatest mercy. So he goes to fight. The winning, the fight. But God says, I'm not letting you fight by yourself. And it says, hail shall start falling out of heaven. Wait, whoa, whoa. It's great that God gives you ability to do what he's called you to do, but don't expect it's just you. God's going to get involved. So not only was God beating them, now the time is running out. The sun is about to set. 
They need more time to have a complete victory. What does the man of God, the man of the word, the man of faith do? Sun, stop moving. Moon, stop moving. Now look, he does not know the laws of physics. He does not know the laws of the universe. Because for all that to happen, a whole bunch of other stuff got to happen so the universe doesn't explode. He did not know the laws that govern the universe. All he knew was the law of faith. He put the word in his mouth and the universe bowed down to a man who walked by faith. Why? For the Lord fought for Israel. You don't got to know everybody and everything at your job. You may not be the smartest, the most educated. You may not have the greatest advantage, but you got faith. Faith in God. Faith that speaks, faith that acts, faith that took a harlot and made her a queen, faith that can take you wherever you are in your life and change everything. So if God has to tell the universe, hold on a second because my child's got stuff to do, he can do it for you. So no matter what situation is going on in your life, no matter what's going on, no matter how crazy things are, no matter how in debt you are, no matter how broken your body or your heart is, no matter what's going on in your life, I tell you what Jesus said to the disciples, and Mark chapter 11, have faith in God. And the words of R.W. Schombach, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. What mountain is before you? What Jericho is before you? What situation is before you? It's time to mutter. It's time to utter. It's time to roar. What thus saith the Lord? Speak the word. Check your life. Make sure you're not violating any of the tithes. Make sure you're inquiring of the Lord. Speak the, Lord, the word of the Lord. Get his instructions and go forward. Forget your past because once you've been washed in the blood, your past is irrelevant. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter who your mama was, who your grandmama was, who your great-grandfather was. It doesn't matter who they were or what they've done to you or how they put you in the life you are in right now. Faith in the blood can deliver you, can heal you, and can put you on top. So whether you are like Joshua, whether you are like Rahab, no matter where you are in your life right now, have faith in God. For with God, all things are possible. So believe. Be of that spirit of faith like Caleb, like Joshua, like Rahab. And watch everything God promised you come to pass. Amen. I'm out of time. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, the thing is, you don't have to know how your miracle will happen. You don't have to know how your miracle will come to pass. All you need to know is know your God. Know what he promised. Stand on that promise. Believe him. As it says in the New Testament, your faith can bring the systems of the world to its knees. Doesn't matter what resists you, faith in God is greater. So encourage your faith daily. You just got a spiritual meal. Eat again tomorrow. Come on, in this day and age, you got CDs, you got MP3s, you got podcasts, you got the word on your phone, you got actually a physical Bible. Use what God's given you. 
Stay strong. Fight the good fight of faith. It's only a good fight if you win. So expect to win. You were not born again to lose. You were born again to win. You overcome through him that loves you. Believe it and never forget it. Amen. So lift your hands. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for what faith in you can do. We put our faith in you. We put our trust and confidence in you. Help us guard, put a guard over our mouth. We may speak only words of faith. Help us to not tolerate faith, tolerate fear, but to walk by faith and not by sight. Help us to live like Joshua did. Help us to be people of the word. Help us to trust in you like Rahab did. And grant us the victories which belong to us. For we believe that every dream, purpose, and plan you have for us will come to pass. We give you glory for it and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Every head bowed. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Also, if you want to support the ministry financially, you can go to FCCGA.com and follow the directions there. If you want more about the subject of heroes that we've been talking about in this broadcast, go onto iTunes or onto Amazon Kindle and download Biblical Heroes Volume 1. Have an amazing day.